All right. Oh my gosh, it it feels like it's been forever. Hello. Melanie. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. All right. Woo. <laughs> that came out weird. Woo. Um Yeah, it's been a few days. It's been almost a week since we did a live cast. It's weird. Weird being bad. It is weird, especially for me because it, it seems like it's been even longer. Um. Oh yeah, you were well. You you called in for a little bit on that last one, didn't you? Or were you here the whole episode? No, I was here for like a smidge in the beginning, um, just to say that I was going to be here, basically. Okay. Well, I don't have the new intro music since this is this is Grolix Nights now. I actually have Grolix Nights music from a. Uh, when we did well, we, a night's thing yeah. forever ago. Um, but we're going to go ahead and go with the uh, lunch break live intro because it's it, it, it'll amp you up. Yep. Here you go. I do. Good. Welcome to welcome to Grolix Nights or Grolix Podcast Live or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a Grolix Live thing. The Yay. title don't matter. Uh, so today, here's what's on the agenda, everybody. Uh, first off, we will be discussing movie homework, uh, which doesn't sound like a fun thing at first, but uh, basically, we'll just be reviewing a movie that we chose last week. That way, any listeners who wanted to uh, watch it as well could do so and join us in the conversation. I see Paul is in the uh, in the chat. I know he's probably got thoughts on this. I know he watched the movie. Uh, the movie today will be I Kill Giants. Um, beyond that, TV and movie news, like usual. And uh, it was, we'll just see what happens from there. Now, we have Melanie, obviously, my co-host here. We do not have where hey Jesse, where's Jesse? Oh no, he's not here. <laughs> we, yeah. He had to know I was gonna give him a hard time. So <laughs> we picked Thursdays because that usually works for Jesse. Uh-huh. And uh we watched this movie based on Jesse's suggestion that we watch this movie. And, and Jesse not. is not here today. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, as soon as he told me that, it's not his fault, you know, he's got work stuff. Um, we knew the schedule would get a little sketchy. But as soon as he told me that, and I was like, oh, oh, oh you're going to catch some flack for a couple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay. So how, first off, what first the off. hell? We lost everybody. We didn't lose everybody, but there was like 14 listeners, and now it's down to five? I'm sorry. I didn't bring enough energy. <clears throat> Well, I mean, I've just been talking. Like, do I really run everybody away? <laughs> you MFers. <laughs> Paul Harder. Paul. Hello, Paul. Yes, you, uh, you, you mentioned, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. You mentioned Jesse wasn't going to be here, and then, like, half the room went away. Everybody. Really? Like, is Jesse yeah. that? Jesse's the draw of the show? Oh, my I God. It was like, no, Jesse. Everyone gone. 
They're probably like, oh, he's still talking about not the sh- movies. Well, yeah. But well, you know, Jesse is the networker of the group, I think. I guess. But he's introverted too, so that doesn't say anything good for us. Uh, but we got Paul here. Hey, Paul, what's going on? Oh, not much. I just figured I'd check in before we start talking about the movie. Oh, yeah. You, you're our Jesse today. Yay! <laughs> I always wanted to be a ginger. <laughs> I only want to be a ginger if I can have a fro. Nice. Hello, Alex. Alex says hello in the chat. How are you doing? Hello. I like that spelling. Hey, I discovered, by the way, uh, so we were having trouble. Maybe this is new, but I was listening to... I'm doing good, Alex. Um, I was listening to a live cast on my mobile phone the other day, and I discovered that you can indeed, on mobile anyway, uh, it's probably not the same on desktop, uh, get back to the chat while still on call. I was like, oh my God, we, tr- yeah. we tried to figure that out for so long. Well, no, there, I, there is a way, I think, on maybe on, on, the, on the computer too. The problem is that if you're not on the screen with the phone, or like where you're called in, it'll kick you off if you're off for too long. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I suppose let's get to, let's get to it. To right. let's see, does it? I wonder if it counts me as a listener. So, do we have three people? Doesn't matter. We'll do it for one person. Yeah. Okay. So, I kill giants. I kill giants. This is the movie homework. Like I said, this was this. Jesse suggested this because it is based on a comic book that is generally. Very well uh, received, very well reviewed comic book. Mm -hmm. Uh, The comic book, same title, I Kill Giants, uh, was a limited run comic book series, seven issues, published by Image Comics in 2008 and 2009, I think, and uh, written by Joe Kelly, who also wrote this movie. Uh, He wrote the screenplay. So, you know, that's cool. The movie is written by the, uh, the, the, one of the comic book creators. Um, Now, I Kill Giants 2018 was directed by first-time director Anders Walter. Uh, stars Madison Wolf as Barbara, the lead. Sydney Wade as Sophia, the new, uh, a new student who tries to befriend, befriend Barbara. And Zoe Saldana... I said that weird. Saldana! And Zoe Saldana, a school psychiatrist who is trying to help Barbara, I guess. She's trying to do something. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the overview is Sophia... A new high school... I'm just going to do weird, awkward pauses throughout the whole episode now. Sophia, a new high school student, tries to make friends with Barbara, who tells her that she, quote, who tells her that, quote, she kills giants, end quote, protecting... I I think this overview was written by a non-native English speaker. Uh, So, protecting their hometown and its inhabitants who do not understand her strange behavior. Okay. So, Melanie. Yes. Since I know you love this movie so much, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this movie? What do you think? I didn't, I didn't care for it at all. I know. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I, I don't know. Maybe the comic is good. I actually feel a little bit bad about it because, you know, it comes from a comic book and they should do more of that. But, yeah, no, it sucked. It was it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't wild about it. Um, I was it, interested. 
if, the, if, if the character had not been a high school student, it might have been a little different for me, I think. But someone that at that age that hasn't learned to deal with their emotions enough yet that they have to continue to play pretend, that is not acceptable to me. Uh, Paul, what did you think of this movie? Because well, you uh, you messaged the reason you wanted to call in today is because you messaged me last night and said you were kind of confounded by it. That actually what does you... bring up my question: Were the giants real or not? I I don't think so. Spoilers. We're listen. We're going to get into spoilers. Uh, Jesse Keeper no is joining. Out spoiling it. I mean, yeah, it is hard to talk about this without spoiling it. Um, so, again, for anybody who just joined, we're talking I Kill Giants. Okay, so I'm going to agree with Melanie. Watching the movie, I thought there's definitely some interesting things there. It's not horribly made. Like, it's it's okay. It's got, you know, I don't know. It's shot fairly well. It's a little bland, but that is that was my first issue with the movie is as it goes on, it honestly, it kind of drags. It drug for me. It's kind of dull. <laughs> and and it's not like, oh, because it's drama, but it's because it's uninteresting drama. And there is some interesting things, but the, it... It presents them in an uninteresting way. Kind of. And it doesn't follow... The story doesn't go... The things that interested me interested me most, the story doesn't pursue. In fact, it like kind of betrays those things by the end. And then like, then you get to the end and I'm sure that I'm pretty sure that's when Melanie was just done, but that's also when it kind of like, well, nail in the coffin for me. I was like, this is not, this is not good. Like the, the message of the movie itself is not good. No, it kind of picked up towards the end too. That's the sad part. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, Thanks, Jesse. Jesse is listening. Wow. Um, he sends he sends hearts and such. Because he loves you. All of us. Well, Jesse, we got a new Jesse today. Hey, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's gonna dye his hair reddish, and uh, I don't know if you if he has a beard, but he's gonna grow one. Oh, I have a beard. Okay. Um, most most men. I, actually, I don't know your age either. I'm going to assume you're s- close to either me or Jesse. Most men our ages have beards. It's our thing. Yeah. Um, it's because you all get lazy. Yeah. Well, that's definitely <laughs> my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go months. Okay, so... Okay, so... Is, let's dive into like what I feel is kind of the core problem with this movie. Hi, Kirk. We are talking about I Kill Giants, and we are bo- about to spoil it. So if it's something you desperately wanted to watch, it's a movie. Run away now and catch us on a replay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd hate to I hate to say that, but... Yeah. Uh, listen, I don't think you're going to lose anything by... <laughs> or, or, better yet, listen to our review, and then you won't even bother, because <laughs> it's crap. So, okay... <laughs> I get the idea of the movie. It's and it's I'll it's it a it's, little higher than crap. It's okay. not. <laughs> it's not a completely. It's 
it's an intriguing idea. The premise is not completely unique. It's that kind of thing where it's like a character is living in a fantasy world. Is that fantasy world? Are those, or those fantastical elements real? Is this real? And she just, and like nobody else realizes it, or is it just a mentally ill person tried to deal with trauma? Spoilers. It's a mentally ill person tried to deal with trauma. And when I say mentally ill, she is mentally ill. And here's my central problem with the movie. I mean, she is literally stealing dead animals, poking at deer corpses, creeping out her friends mentally ill. Or what's, is that the, yeah, I can't think of a more like PC kind way to say it. She's mentally ill. Uh, And hallucinating and it's definitely impacting her life and her relationships because she has virtually none because she's weird and she pushes everyone away, which is fine. Like that could, you could latch on. That could be an interesting character, but I know one of Melanie's big gripes is she's not likable at all. She's a jerk to literally everyone, including the one person, the one like person, her age, who's trying to be her friend. And, but so she, towards the end, she's talking about, sacrifices like she has to make a sacrifice to make a new hammer like uh, her her thor hammer essentially you know whatever special hammer and uh but you know she she can't actually sacrifice anyone or some or any animal so she figured she'd just take dead animals that is a that is a horrible blatant red flag yeah no kidding how does this movie resolve it does she get help does the psychiatrist lady that she talks to like that she punched in the face that she punched in the face earlier in the movie. Does she actually help? Nope. They just let, uh, the, essentially this girl just then pursues she her. Sounds. Yeah. She pursues she her fine. mentally ill hallucinations, literally into a suicidal situation, but she doesn't die and everything's fine. Like, yeah, but she, that same situation does lend uh, credence to the fact that the giants were real. It's how do you explain the freak weather incident? Yeah, the, the movie toys with that, and it's freak weather. That's how <laughs> the the radio. Yeah, all the time. Well, there's two times when the movie toys with the idea of that maybe it's real. Uh, when she has a big battle with one of like the the forest giant or whatever they call it in the train area um, when her friend is running out there, by the way, this girl, the lead character could have easily murdered any number of people in that situation. Oh yeah. She's a danger to herself and others. Like that's the big thing. She is a clear and obvious danger to herself and others. And her issue, her mental illness just like fixes itself and nobody really addresses the actual issues. Um, But when her friend is running out during that sequence through the woods, she comes across a big footprint. So that's one thing. And then, yeah, the freak storm, they report on the radio that there, this was a, a freak water hurricane or no water tornado tornado in the ocean, I guess. It's supposed to be sunny for the next three days or something. Yeah. Those are not more tornadoes. Those are typhoons. The movie doesn't know that. It was scientifically accurate. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I get your point, Paul. Like they. It's like, and that was one of the biggest confusions. It's like, okay, 
are they or aren't they? I mean, yeah, I get that she she is definitely off her rocker. Mm-hmm. But I I think some of the giant stuff might have actually been real. A lot of the stuff she saw, yeah, it was in her head. Like I, the I, creature living in the house. That was just yeah. her not dealing with life. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking that they weren't real because she supposedly murdered that one, but then he comes back to talk to her at the end. So if she murdered him, then how is he talking to her? That was why. I, that was what what made me think that, regardless of anything else, they that they weren't real. He was talking to her at the end. You know what? I take it back. She's she her mental illness did not get resolved. She just uh, I don't know. She just put on a letter jacket and, and brushed her hair, so everything's fine. Yeah, she just did weird chick from uh, <laughs> Breakfast Club and went all she preppy, became, and now she's normal. So she became cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ignore the uh, dead animal graveyard in her backyard or and uh, whatever well, else she's probably still got going on. There's nothing wrong with having a dead animal graveyard in your backyard. That's okay. That's, okay, no, wait. Let me. You're right. Let me uh, ignore the dead animal laboratory in the basement. How about that? That's better. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone in the chat seen this movie that we're talking about? Is there anyone in the chat? We definitely like to hear your thoughts. This 5 p.m. slot might not be the best because we are missing several, several of our key listeners. Oh no! I see no Matt D. I see there's no Matt, no Jasper, no, no Jasper. No I Maggie. see no what? No Maggie. No Maggie. Rumi, a witch movie. I kill giants. I don't know. I'm assuming this movie had a wide what? <laughs> Or did you read the comic? <laughs> I'm assuming this movie got a wide release. Now, the one thing I did, you know, messaging Jesse last night when he said he wasn't going to be able to do the show today, he did say, I don't know his thoughts on this movie as a whole, but he did say not, it was not a great adaptation. Mm-hmm. I could see this story coming across better in a, in a comic book, in the comic book medium. And not because it's like, this is the kind of story that can only be told in comics. Let's see. So Jesse said, hey, everyone. Uh, school internet, he is he is working, by the way, isn't letting me listen. And it's back to school night here in about 10 minutes. Uh, so hope everyone enjoys the show. Hope everyone checks out the graphic novel version of I Kill Giants, regardless of how the movie get, how the movie review goes. Winky yeah. face. And I'll catch up with everyone next week. Share the live cast with your friends. Yeah. He knew it. He knew it was going to be crap. I wonder if the character in the comic book is younger. Does that make a difference to me? I, Maybe I think Another winky face. Um, I think... I'm not sure. I think that would have helped. Yeah. But... Well, yeah, because she's, I think she's too old for it. But also, um, never mind. Go ahead, Brittany. Go ahead. I got nothing. Okay. Then I have another question. Yes. When please. her friend, when her friend was at her house and saw her mom, why did she freak out and drop her glass? That was something that bugs me too. Because movie, because yeah. mystery. Uh, because it makes you think the viewer think there's something awful 
or something truly a monster in the room. Although I, that's pretty much when we were like, okay, well, one of her parents is still alive and they just look messed up. And that kind of sets up another kind of disappointment to where when we, again, spoiler, spoiler, when we do find out that, yeah, her mother's still alive, but she's very sick. And that's the issue she's not dealing with by escaping into her fantasy land of killing giants and hunting giants. Uh, But she looks fine. Like, I don't when we finally see her mother, I don't see why that little girl, her friend, um, the British girl, why she freaked out and looked scared and ran off and dropped a glass, broke a glass in the hallway floor. Yeah. Uh, That that wasn't cringeworthy enough to freak out about. No, she looked fine. Maybe she was just having a bad day or like on the commode at the time. I don't know, man, but (laughs) (laughs) on the commode. Um, I, uh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I appreciate the idea of everything, you know, not dealing with her mother's sickness and this, like, I think the story could work and maybe it does work better in the comics, but it doesn't work here in the movie, mainly because of the movie's a little dull. And also there, there are just a few issues like with the character and, how far they kind of push the psychopath warning signs. Like that's a big thing for me. It's like the character is completely unlikable. There's hardly anything likable about her. Uh, and she is showing signs of a future. A fu- yeah. A future, you know, Netflix documentary or true crime podcast subject. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. If we, knew, just, if we knew whether or not she beat the bed, I'd say she definitely was going to be. And and her her getting over the issue, I guess you could argue that the psychologist, like, as the storm is breaking, the storm comes up in the big climax and the whatever. Um, you could argue that just before that, the psychologist, maybe she broke through to her and, like, forced her by, by, you know, into admitting that, yeah, no, my mother's alive and she's just sick. It doesn't come across that way, so... Again, not to beat a dead horse and we'll, you know move on, but uh... yeah, you know who should have been the main character of this movie? Her older sister, because that chick's got it going on, and she had it really tough, and she needed some help, and nobody would help her, and she's the real hero here. Mm-hmm. Also, her friend, um, Sophia. Sophia had no actual personality of her own. No, but no. she's. She's new. She's new to the country, so she's probably just going to latch on to whatever. Huh? Just because you're new to a country means you don't get a personality? No, (laughs) no, you have a personality, but in junior high and high school, I think, I don't know if it's the same, maybe it's not the same for boys, but for girls, you want to fit in. That's the main thing is you need to fit in. And if that means adjusting your personality to fit in with the people that you're with, a lot of people do that. Some people can't. I can't. I couldn't do it, and so I was just a lo- loser, basically. But, but like a lot of people that I know, they talk about having switched schools and how they completely changed their personalities so that they instead, you know, went from being like uh, a cholo to a preppy girl. You know, crazy big differences. But they did it because they wanted to fit in, and right. she she doesn't fit in and doesn't know where to fit in, so she just latches onto the first weirdo she finds. 
but, but yeah, but I mean, if her desire is to fit in, she held on to that first weirdo for too long. You're right. Because it you're was right. very clear right away. She is not the way to like, this chick is not the person I need to hang out with to make more friends. But maybe she saw that letter jacket in the closet. She knew. <laughs> She'll ditch those bunny ears eventually and start dressing like a normal preppy girl. Yep, that's what she felt it. Well, see, I also wonder if this movie might have just been written for that age group, and that's and maybe they would see something we don't. Yeah, I suppose. Because it, 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 when I was watching it, it kind of felt like movie-wise, like if you're too mature for like Arthur and the Invisibles and the Spiderwick Chronicles movies, but not quite ready for Donnie Darko. Like, that's where it falls age-wise for me. Well, that might be my problem, because I was always ready for Donnie Donnie Darko. (laughs) I was, too. (laughs) That, I was most interested in this movie when it looked like we were about to follow Barbara's downward spiral path, downward spiral into, like, some real dark territory. Mm -hmm. Where, when she's poking the roadkill, and the one chick's like, "I I don't like this. Barbara, what do you stop? Let's go. I don't like this. And then it just like ends up freaking out, just runs off. Like, of course, I didn't figure it was actually going to go there, go that dark, but you know, they hinted at it. And that's when I was most interested. I was like, okay, well, this is unexpected, but that doesn't ever get remedied. Yeah. Uh, speaking that's of the age, age thing for us. Well, okay. So speaking about that. I mean, yes, this is, you know, Jesse said he picked this because it was young adult and uh, somebody in the chat apparently said they, we should do a young adult thing. Wh- whoever that was, I don't think they're here today either. So I feel <laughs> like everyone who had a hand in everyone who deciding, wanted to watch this, <laughs> everyone who had a hand in deciding this is the movie we're talking about today. None of them are here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, no, not really. I, I had no idea what to watch this week, so. It's all good. It's not the worst movie I've watched on a whim. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, we could have made everybody watch Girls with Balls and then just not talk about it. Because that movie's not enough time to uh, rip that movie. Uh, so, speaking of right age, this movie feels like it would be an appropriate double feature for Unicorn Store because it does <laughs> fall into, first off, somebody's might have a mental illness. <coughs> there's, hints, there's hints that, well, maybe they're not mentally ill. Maybe it's all real. And in the end, both main characters are very unlikable and uh, <laughs> unsympathetic characters and they're jerks to everyone. And in the end, they don't learn their lesson and somehow <laughs> happily ever after. They're, they're, these are the, This is the same movie. This is the same movie, maybe a little bit, just, you know, tweaked a bit here and there. Um, but I feel yeah. like to a point, this suffers maybe the same issues that Unicorn Store does. Unicorn Store, the main character, was obviously way older than she should have been for that character, um, for her personality. But more than that, who is this movie for? Unicorn Store, uh, the big complaint I seen and something we talked about was it's too adult for little girls and it's too uh, little girly for adults. This. Isn't as adult, but man, it's slow. I don't know that this would hold up. I don't know that it's really made well 
if they're aiming for a young a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is made for like my mom, who thinks she knows what young people are like, but she really doesn't. It it goes it goes lifetime a little bit towards the end. I must say. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I think if if you're going to introduce uh, preteens to who who don't do well with like scary movies into like the thriller, this wouldn't be a bad start okay. to kind of get a feel as to where they're at before you start showing them other stuff because it does have that. I mean, you can get the jump scare out of it. You can get, you know, the the different elements out of it that you get out of the good thriller movies, but it's not going to give you nightmares. It's, I mean, it's definitely a good jumping off point before starting kids on. It's a good starter drug. (laughs) I mean, no, that's an interesting. Sure, sure. I can. I guess I can get behind that. Because I all... like to start them off on Hellraiser and then see how they go. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so the problem is that's like a fifty-fifty flip. <laughs> and either way, I don't feel like you're positively impacting their life if you start them on Hellraiser too early. <laughs> okay, I guess. I, I mean, that's but that you really honestly, I was watching that stuff when I was way too young to be watching it, but I loved it. I loved it. And that's but, part of what maybe me, you know. The dark. But yeah, that's that's good. As as you said though, Melanie, yeah. you were watching it when you were way too young to watch it. Yeah. Um, and look how we turned out. <laughs> yeah, we want to do that to another generation. All right. Well, there is a segue in there somewhere, so let's wrap this up. I killed giants. I'm going to give this two and a half stars. Um, it's not. God awful. The story is a little disappointing. It's kind of a drag. Um, there's some nice imagery. There's some nice shots. There's there's some cool ideas. Obviously, you know, there's something to the story. I just I don't know. It it kind of let me down. Obviously. So how about how about you guys? Uh, I'm gonna go two. Okay. And how about you, Paul? I'll go three. Okay. So there there, there was enough of it that. I liked. I mean, the, the stuff I didn't like outweighed it, but you know, it, it had, you know, like you said, the cinematography was good. It just, it, it left you wanting, and not in the good way. Mm-hmm. There's it, it so many, you know, so many different roads that they could have gone down. That you're just like, that would have been a cool story. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we explore that story? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I want this, but it goes like dark, real dark. Not, you know, her mother's sick because listen, that's very dark. And uh, you know, it's it gets manipulative towards the end. They try to make you weepy, but I want I want s- serial killer dark. <laughs> you want do you want she's sit there poking Sophia's body at the end. Do you know what? That's honestly I was like if That's this movie is going, what's if, her name? Tracy, maybe Tracy's. Dude, I I seen Sophia. I was like, if this movie is going where it is projecting itself to go, that's where we end up. Her poking uh, Sophia's 
corpse on the on the side of the road. Obviously, it's not going to go there, and I didn't honestly think it was going to. But like that was the promise. They did not deliver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't have been happy either. Okay, so before we move into some TV and movie news, uh, first up, we got next week's movie homework. And okay. it's a short one because it's not technically a full feature-length movie. Um, all right, this is actually suggested, and I fully endorse it, by Paul. Um, but tomorrow, Rocco's Modern Life, Static Ooh, Cling... Okay. Uh, static, hit, static cling hits okay. Netflix. It's a uh, it's a special. Like I, I think it's like forty five minutes. It's like a one one shot special. Um, it's been twenty years since Rocco's Modern Life was on TV. I get. I think yeah, actually twenty two. Back next week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling, new, brand new thing, and we okay. will be discussing that next week on the episode. So. <laughs> If that strikes your fancy, if that sounds like something you uh, want to check out, give it a watch and then join us Thursday, same time, pending any changes. If you and, like uh, cows and wallabies. Yeah. Who doesn't like wallabies, man? Wallabies are great. Then this is the show for you. And uh, B-52 sounding, wait, wasn't the theme song actually by the B-52s? I think so, yeah. Rocco's modern life. Yeah, yeah. So come on. Yeah. It's the 90s. It's time for. Listen, it's time to cash in on that 90s nostalgia. Is it already? Yeah. Well, it's on. Okay. So it's like I said on the uh, new, new on Netflix in August uh, post on our website, which you can find at grolicspodcast.com. I try to stay on top of it by posting the uh, upcoming Netflix shows and stuff. But they're kind of just covering all their bases because this month, August, they're releasing a prequel series to the Dark Crystal. So they're they're tapping that that eighties nostalgia. This Rocco's Modern Life special, so they're hitting the nineties nostalgia, and a new Invader Zim special, so they're hitting that early two thousands nostalgia. They're just going to cover their bases. All the bases. Yep. All right. Um, okay, so moving on. Let's do some news. I'm going to mix it up. I got a bunch of news from Paul here and a, just a few stories that I noted before the show today. Um, where was there was a good segue? Where was it? Are you afraid of the dark? That's the segue I was grabbing onto. So if you're looking for that gateway drug into horror for your children uh are you afraid of the dark there's as far as i know very little actual details but it sounds like new series are you afraid of the dark coming soon to nickelodeon by the looks of it it should be uh dropping in october oh okay smart what did, what do you think about the uh that uh what, what was that the one that was the, like the book that all the everybody read that was scary stories well that's coming up it's made um, as a movie right Yes, yes. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, yep, no, let's move on to... <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, let's go ahead and do opening this weekend. Opening this Be- weekend. Because opening this weekend in theaters, <laughs> scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, I think that'd be a good gateway, too. Well, oh, yeah. 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 I wonder how how hardcore the movie goes. I guess it's kind of like teen 
teen horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's Guillermo del Toro. So it should pan out pretty good. Oh, it's not actually directed. It's produced by Guillermo del Toro. It's directed by somebody else. That's some trickery. I hate when they do that because you know what? Produced by is not the same as directed by. That's okay though. Well, if they were smart, they did it uh, a different uh, director each story. Yeah. Yeah. That that would have made it a lot more interesting. Well, and that's kind of more because I assume this is anthology because that's you know short stories. That's that's yeah, what these that's books are, and, and you know uh, the synopsis uh, on IMDb is a group of teens face their fears in order to save their lives. So I'm guessing there's some kind of a, you know, bookend through plot line to kind of tie these otherwise anthology short stories together. I don't know. I could be wrong. But... There's um, like, what, four or five books total in the series? I'm not sure. All I know is the artwork is amazing. (laughs) That's what I remember. Maybe they'll do... Sorry, the tie-in story. Maybe it'll be like a Tales from the Dark Side movie where it's like, you know, some witch has some kid in a, in a, in a I mean, not that specific story, but in a cottage and he's trying to stall her by telling her these scary stories before she cooks him or whatever. You know, something like that where they're in danger and, and telling the stories keeps them from having to die right away. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I assume because most anthology uh movies they always have that that framing device that's the word i was looking for earlier yeah yeah. that's what i'm assuming is going on here but i'm not positive uh so this book we had i don't know how many at least one of these books when i was a kid um and we kept it in the basement really the creepy uh, musty basement and we (laughs) And we keep it back. We there's this like little bookshelf type area, or it was just shelving, but we put books back there. <laughs> and there was like in the part of the basement where there's no light, and we kept it back there. And sneak, you know, we didn't really have to sneak down, but sneak down and like let's go look at the scary book. <laughs> and we go look at the artwork. This place you could find in your house, and that's where that book lives because that's where that book deserves to live. It's appropriate. Uh, I had my, I had mine, I had several of them, and I had them all in my bedroom. So I don't know. Alvin, what's going on? Hey, Jeremy, Maybe thanks for the. Different. We just, I said, every guy I know hit it like you did when you got older, and you're hiding stuff that you stole from your dad. Um, <laughs> under the bed, or like in between mattresses, or something. Just wherever, so people can find it. <laughs> There are no children listening, which is probably good. Different time. Am I in an alternate universe? No, you. Yes, we, we moved because I'm just Thursdays at this time. Um, you need to follow us on social media, my friend. We've been posting about it all over the place. Which, by the way, if you wanted to follow us on social media, hit us up on Twitter at Grolix Podcast. Grolix spelled the way you see there in the title of this live cast. Or Facebook is the same thing. Just throw slash Grolix podcast at the end of virtually anywhere and we're there. Um, hey, I, I, at nighttime, your plugs get shorter. <laughs> I, I've tried to. I've tried to keep them short. Uh, 
because the listeners are beefing back up. So I've tried not to lose everybody. Yeah. Oh, you avoid most social media platforms. Hey, that's not a problem. You missed our last episode, couple episode or two then. But hey, it's all good. It's all good. I'm on the replay. Hey, you follow? You, yeah, no, you, you're in the right place, Alvin. I'm not going to give you a hard time. It's all good. I'm not complaining. You're here now. So, speaking of here now, this is a bad segue. What what else is opening this weekend that'll be in your theaters now? <laughs> wow. Uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Oh, oh sweet lord. Live action Dora. Does she have to go over it or under it? What? Or around it. I'm sorry. Oh, you've watched far more watched, Dora than I have. Yeah, yeah I have. Not purposely, but... needed. A live action Dora the Explorer. It's got the monkey. Hey. That's good, because Gabe was super upset when they came out with the teenage Dora and Boots wasn't in it. He about lost his S-H-I-T. It doesn't count kind of if I spell it, right? I I don't know, but uh, I know that's what I always think of. He like he was her nephew. Yeah, no. By the way, Alvin Dora, that was a real thing. It yeah, wasn't no, a joke. Cool. We uh, yeah, I, I was being serious. Um, no, I just remember Gabe like because he was young, which is this is also another weird thing. I guess maybe Dora's still going, but man, it took him a long time to get around to a live action movie. Like, yeah, it's almost well, like they. They didn't wait long enough to for those little kids to hit nostalgia period because now they're like all teens now and they're not going to want to see a stupid baby Dora movie. Like mm-hmm. it's such a weird. Man, but they, it's because they had the they had the um, on stage Dora for going for years. What? Oh, really? Like live? Show yeah, like a maybe? live traveling show thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Is there that big of a demand for a live-action Dora? I mean, it just... I'm I'm sorry. It seems like a kid version of Indiana Jones, just without the Nazis. (laughs) When you put it that way, this is—it's actually kind of brilliant. I—I have a feeling it's in that context. I have a feeling it's not going to do as well as it probably should. They need to bill it like that. Um, you like Indiana Jones, but hate Nazis. Come see Dora the Explorer. (laughs) (laughs) So if you love Nazis, do you go see Indiana Jones? Because that's still not. (laughs) Alvin asked, does Indiana Jones have a fox for a nemesis, though? Hmm? Sometimes. Hmm? Depends on what, well, like a fox, like a a chick, maybe. Like a femme fatale. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Well, I guess he does. And that's a. Better, probably a better looking fox than what Dora's got. This is weird. You have to tell her no swiping. <laughs> also, opening is the kitchen, which is not getting good reviews. Um, <laughs> the kitchen is now open. What the wives of? Oh, it's the wives of New York gangsters in Hell's Kitchen in the 1970s continue to operate their husbands' rackets after their after their. After the husbands are locked up in prison. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's got McCarthy in it. Why? That'll be on digital in about a month. (laughs) Yes, it will. It looks like crap now that I look into it more. Uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain. Oh, starring Kevin Costner. I'm out. 
<laughs> and you know, as usual, a bunch of other junk. And I'm, I say that, and I realize some of that junk might be, might might be great, but it, it's it stuff was, that, If it was great, then they didn't market it well. Yeah. I, I said. I, I guess I should say now opening in the theaters that only play like the big movies. Yeah. It is a weak lineup. Yeah, for sure. It's been, dude, Alvin. The whole summer. If you're if you're t- if you're talking about the show, that might be true too. But for opening wow. opening weekends, like the movie industry, they're like it's such a weak like the uh, so what is it? What are the how do they put it? A weak performance. The you know movie goer like basically industry's down this this summer. It's not been a strong summer for the studios. But dude, every weekend it's like one big obvious uh, blockbuster. You know, you got the Lion King or something else, and then just a sea of nothing, a sea mm-hmm. of junk. Um, so that's just been the whole summer, man. Sounds that's like it. we're not weak. Damn, You're weak. Sorry. It's a weak week. Get it? Uh, <laughs> See, Jesse's not here. Somebody had to hit us with the puns. I don't even know that Jesse's really been hitting us with the puns that much lately, but um, it's hit and miss. All right, movie news. First, let's go ahead and start with something Paul posted. To uh, he he tagged our Grolix Podcast Facebook page in this post. Um, basically, first up, Adam's Family trailer. Now, Melanie, I doubt you got a chance to watch this, but Paul, did you watch this? Yes, it looks hilarious. I didn't watch it. Paul, I don't know you well enough to know if that's sarcastic or real. I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Okay. I thought it looked crap. (laughs) But it's okay. We can have differing opinions. I I was leery. Because it was like, why are we doing an animated Adam's Family? And then at this point, it was, you know what? I'll take it. And I will roll with it. Um, I think my favorite line from the trailer is Wednesday with the uh, red balloon. And Morticia's like, what do you have? I don't know. Normally, there's a murderous clown attached to the end of those things. Yeah. Yeah, I did appreciate that. That was definitely the the good good (laughs) line. Well, I'll take... I'll tell you, we're doing animated because Christina Ricci is too old to be Wednesday. Otherwise, we would just continue doing those movies for forever because those were amazing. But I'd love to see her play Morticia. That's true. She could, she could just do that. She could segue into that. Um, I don't know what it is about the trailer. It just it didn't. The style maybe a little bit. I think it's just, the animation style that because that, that's what threw me originally at first. it's that new I don't want to say cheap animation style but it's the the misproportions and like cousin it's like what a foot and a half tall would you say yeah and played by Snoop Dogg apparently like uh, like that matters you know because you can't ever understand what cousin it says I'm not sure if he's uh, played by Snoop Dogg or if they're just Playing him as a pimp, which they've always no, got no. Play. He's he's played by Snoop Dogg. Okay, it said so in the uh, 
a little. I had to pause it on the screen because it flashed up who was actually voice did the voice work in it. And uh, yep, nope, it was him. So Vin Diesel Groot. It's one of those. He's going to get paid. A fair amount of money to just. That's exactly it. Yeah, I could. I'd do it for twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but people aren't going to go watch it because you don't talk in the movie. They're going to watch because Snoop Dogg doesn't. Put up. But it, it's what whatever. It's an Adams Family animated film. It's it's you know definitely going to aim for a certain audience. The the thing is like. They go to New Jersey where it's all super colorful and sunshiny and normal, and like it's just like oh, okay. I but is it. that really New Jersey? Yeah, because I think really describe New Jersey. No, but no, I think no. A, a, a cabbage. You know that one? Uh... You say cabbage? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> South Park. <laughs> South Park. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, and that's not New Jersey. I mean, that's I don't know. Okay. Spending too much time on this story. Moving on. Uh, I'm going to jump around stories here a little bit because Melanie had commented on this post, so we'll touch on this. Uh, Lucasfilm's first non-Star Wars or Indiana Jones film in years is a Children of Blood and Bone adaptation. Wait, what? Do you, what do you guys, you, uh, listen, I'm going to be honest. I didn't read this article, but both of you guys did. So you have to talk about this. Um, it, there, it's a young adult book that I have not read, but I read, you know, the synopsis for it. And it sounds ruby like, it's like a, a girl whose parents were magical and some king or prince, I can't recall which had outlawed magic and had all of the people that were magical murder. And then as she's growing, getting older, she discovers that she has some magic powers, and so she's like running for her life, and they're you know chasing after her. And then you know, she, I'm assuming trying to save magic from for the world from these people. So it sounds awesome. Okay. And then we're getting into a movie, but I haven't read the book. But I, I the book sounds awesome. And cool. so. If the book is awesome, then maybe the movie will be awesome. Cool. But I don't know, because I've read a lot of books that were awesome, and then they made crap movies off of them, so we'll see. Um, Depending on which team at Lucasfilm they have working on it, they're pretty good at doing the book-to-movie. Well, I hope so, because Aragon was crap, and it almost made me stop watching movies that were made off of books. Oh, me too, because th- that movie had so much potential. I know it did. So disappointing. <sighs> All right. Speaking of dragons, kind of. Okay. Uh, here's another. Here's a different news story. Netflix prepares for future with lucrative uh, David. Is it Benoff? Benoff? I should do this. Like everybody knows, basically these guys. So, uh, the and DB Weiss. Um, it's the two game, uh, Game of Thrones showrunners. So Netflix worked, uh, you know, signed them in some kind of deal. Um, now, those two are not necessarily, I, I want to say, pre-final season of Game <laughs> of Thrones. It's probably a good thing they struck that deal before the last season aired because they are not super popular right now, just because of how that uh, series ended. But, I mean, otherwise, yeah, no. 
I mean, they were showrunners at Game of Thrones. And yeah. regardless how you feel about the last season, that show was massive. And they had a big hand in that. Um, and they worked out a nine-figure deal with Netflix to work on, I don't know, apparently all kinds of shows. Um, but something about uh, the deal was worth as much as $300 million for five years. Wow. God, that's so much money. Um, that is so, yeah. a lot of money. Uh, there was a lot of wing and a prayer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there. Uh, let's see. So I don't know if there's any information on what kind of shows they're working on, but apparently they're probably probably going to be doing several shows for Netflix. I would um, like to see them do a uh, Dragonheart remake. But Dragon like Heart. with boobs and violence. <laughs> the boobs. I just think their style is right. Boobs. Wh- which one is Dragonheart? Uh, isn't that um, the one with Sean Connery? Sean Connery and uh, the dragon. Wade. Okay, yeah, Sean Connery did it this week. Got it. I mean, I've seen. I think I've seen out too many. I've seen too many dragon movies because dragons are awesome, but they kind of mush together sometimes in my brain. And then there was like Dragonheart. Four or five more after that, and it's just like, what the hell happened? All right. Um, I really hesitate to to jump over to this story, but uh, this is something Paul shared with us earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Aquaman is now an LGBTQ plus character, thanks to DC. Um, this is because apparently in one of the comic books. Uh, wait. No, 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 no. Young Not comic books. Animated series, Young Justice, Aquaman, quote, just lipped, just locked lips with a character of the same sex. Uh, okay. So that's the thing. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, is that show on? It's on the DC app. Is that just DC app? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize they were doing new Young Justice show uh, episodes for the DC app. Interesting. It was one of the biggest selling points for the app was everyone clamoring for uh, the for Young Justice to be picked back up. Okay, cool. Uh, Alvin asks, "How is the DC app doing?" You guys know. I mean, there hasn't been any news about it lately. I I have a feeling it'll probably stick around at least until HBO Max launches, and then who knows. See, See what happens come January. Is yeah? Is that when HBO Max is supposed to launch? No, but I think that's when uh, all the new content should have already been out. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So, well, they agreed to do. I mean, the main thing I was concerned about was Doom Patrol, and they confirmed they're doing season two of Doom Patrol, but they said it. Would for sure air <laughs> on HBO Max. So I'm like, well, that means DC, the DC Universe app is dead. But, uh, but at least Two Patrols coming back. I love that show. Um, and I love that you love it. You like it? I do like it. But you love it, and I have to, anytime you love anything that Brendan Fraser did, I'm gonna have to rub it in your face forever. <laughs> it's one of the very few things. Fortunately, he's in a robot man costume most of the time. Yeah. I don't have to look at his Brendan Fraser face. I'm just he's, glad he's doing things again. 
He's fine. Brendan Fraser's fine. I think I I like him in this though because the character seems appropriate for Brendan Fraser. You know, I just have a hard time buying him in certain roles with maybe intelligent characters. You are such a <laughs> <laughs> like Tarzan. Tarzan seems appropriate. Let's say Tarzan's right up his alley. Yeah. Randy. Yes, Melanie. Uh, you're like, yeah, I love you. Hey. What? I love you, too. Hey. Speaking of love, before Thor, Love and Thunder, I got all the segues. Uh, Taika, Taika Waititi has another secret movie coming, except that headline's a little misleading. It's not a secret because they tell us about the movie. <laughs> um, so Waititi directed the fantastic Thor Ragnarok, as well as What We Do in the Shadows. Um, I just rewatched because one of Melanie's friends was talking about Marvel movies, and I was like, "If they're not, if, well, if it's not Thor Ragnarok, it ain't nothing." And so then I rewatched Thor Ragnarok the other night, and it was great. Um, but he will have another movie coming out before he even gets around to uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, and it is honestly doesn't sound that interesting to me, but that's okay. They don't. They, I don't have to be into all of them. Um, now, he does have an upcoming movie called Jojo Rabbit, in which he plays an imaginary Hitler. Um, <laughs> an imaginary one? Well, he plays Hitler, but like Hitler, Hitler. Hitler as some kid's imaginary friend? Real weird. Real weird, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, it was a satire. Uh, but after that, he has another movie. Um, called Next Goal, Next Goal Wins. And apparently this is based on a 2014 British documentary of the same title. And uh, the documentary did very well, but it's about a Dutch soccer coach, or if you're not in America, football coach, uh, who attempts to turn a historically terrible American Samoa soccer team from, perpetu- from perpetual losers into winners. So in a way, it kind of th- sounds... Kind of sounds like a something he could work with. So but, the big green. I mean, this is pretty much every 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 sports movie, every sports like comedy. It sounds like an like a real life underdog story. So that's what's what that's what it's gonna be. Hey, call, hey, thanks for the coffee, Alvin. I was gonna call you coffee, Kafavi. <laughs> okay. Um. What else did we get? Oh, yeah. CW announces dates for Crisis on Infinite, Infinite Earths crossover. Um, there's also some news of other Batman. Uh, the dates are... I latched onto this one, though. And uh, so, it's yeah, all through December and into January. It starts on Supergirl. We'll run through Batwoman, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow from December 8th to January 14th. Um... I enjoyed. Wait, how many crossovers did they did? Was the last one they did? Um, was it Crisis on Earth X or something? Was that the last one they did? Because I did see that one. I did too. Um, regardless, I enjoyed. The, I actually enjoyed that one quite a bit. I thought it was fun. They kind of they did Justice League better than the multi million dollar Justice League movie. So you know, it's all good. Um. Yeah, Nazi one was the last one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty... I mean, listen. 
CW superhero shows where they could do massive crossovers where there's like climax of where there's a scene where there's, I don't know, 20, 30 superheroes and villains running around fighting. I was impressed that they could even pull it off. They put some money into it. So good on them. Well, that, that, that's what I said before. Their TV universe, universe has always had it together from back in, you know, the animated uh, multiverse to now. It's. They just can't seem to get the movie verse to get their act together. I kind of feel like it's. This is purely speculation, but this is what makes sense to me. I'm assuming it's basically a case of. The movies cost so much money. The more something costs, the more people's, you know, the more executives' jobs rely on this thing succeeding. So you're going to have more interference and people second guessing and people being like, hey, they really like the trailer of this movie. Let's have the people who cut the trailer together edit the whole movie because that makes sense. That's the thing that we do. It's stupid. Yeah. No, I know it's years ago now, but that's what, a, what a dumb decision. Um, Okay. Uh, was there any other? There's a couple. I'm just looking over the news things. Did you catch that uh, last thing I tagged you guys in uh, today? Uh, the uh, field of thing. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, I did. So New York Nanke, New York Nankees. What is that? New, this this is the closest to a sports story that we will ever do. New York Yankees. New York Yankees and Chicago White Sox to play a MLB game at the Iowa Field of Dreams movie site in 2020. Uh, so yeah, the teams are actually they're going to go play in an actual game at the site that they uh, shot Field of Dreams, the Kevin Costner movie from the 90s. Yep, somebody's going to build it, so they're going to come. Now, it'll take them a while, but they came. Yeah. So they're going to um, start building it. I think this month is what the article said. Uh, just parallel to the site, just parallel to the diamond, and then. No. Uh, well, this is junk. Then I want them to play on the diamond, <laughs> in the field. No, no crowd, no audience. They're gonna film it. They're gonna televise it on Fox. So that's good enough. <laughs> One camera. That's all you get. So okay. So now that you mentioned that, what I see is actually happening is they're gonna come destroy the site <laughs> uh, by building a big one-time use stadium trample all over it and then leave Iowa with this big ghost town of a stadium that's just gonna like decay over time well that's gonna fit right in <laughs> uh, got any Iowa listeners that was about you <laughs> and where you live <laughs> uh, that's not just Iowa though that's like everywhere uh, turn the field into corn now and sit watch it grow yep, yep. well I, I probably probably could use it because everywhere's out you know their corn's all washed away and everything so yeah so it'd, be, it'd be flood proof it'd have walls <laughs> alright well let's wrap this episode up uh, first off um, this week, if you missed it, on the regular Grolix podcast, podcast, the actual regular podcast, uh, which you can find here on CastBox as well as anywhere else you find podcasts, 
Uh, we talked about Batman White Knight, because the comic book, because the sequel series is being released now. And uh, two of us really enjoyed it, and one of us was very, very indifferent. So it's a pretty good conversation. We actually talked about this book for like almost an hour. I was like, wait, did we really just talk about Batman for an hour? I, I can see that happening very easily. Yeah, I guess I don't know why it surprises me. But if you want to hear somebody talk about Batman and Joker and Harley Quinn for an hour... Go check that out. That's probably not a good sell. What's that? You talk about Harley for like 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but... Well, or do we talk about two Harleys each for like 12 minutes? Oh. See, you double the Harley, you're going to double the time we talk about Harley. Um, <laughs> we do talk about Harley Quinn quite a bit. But she's an important part of that story. Exactly. Uh, so, and then coming up next week on Grolic Cinematic Universe, same deal. You can find that everywhere. Uh, we will be joined by Matthew Downs of 60s Reboot Podcast and Comics with My Kids. He joins me and Jasper uh, to talk about, we're almost done with season Tarantino. We're going to, we talk about, uh, what did we, what the heck did we talk about? We just recorded it. <laughs> uh, I lost it. Hateful Eight. And we paired that with the original 1960 Magnificent Seven. Although I didn't specify when I told Jasper, so he watched both the remake and the original. So uh, we talk about both a little bit. And Seven Samurai, because technically the uh, Magnificent Seven is a remake. Um, <laughs> yeah, all that stuff happened. Go to GrawlixPodcast.com. All right. Uh, and then finally, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but I, I mentioned it earlier, uh, maybe last month. I was recently a guest on an episode of Covert Nerd. I joined Lee on his show to talk about Super Nintendo games. This is some video game talkage. Uh, we talked about our three favorite Super Nintendo games. It was a lot of fun because I don't think I've ever actually really got to sit down and just podcast about Super Nintendo. And I loved it because that was my jam. And uh, around the time that comes out, I'm probably going to do some, actually, uh, some live streams. I'm going to stream some, uh, one of the games on my list. I have a, a kind of a revamped version of it in Steam. So I figured I want to revisit it, live stream, so you can see what I was talking about on that episode. Awesome, awesome. Nice. Um, all right. Well, hey, Paul, what's, so what's, what's going on with you? You got, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I do, do you have burning. anything what, what's that I do wood burning Where, uh, do you yes is there anywhere people can see your wood burning things yes. you can come check me out over at uh, Moose's Marvelous Wood Burnings on Facebook if you want something custom or different we have wood for you awesome <laughs> I didn't I learned something about you just now Um. all right Melanie, you got anything to, to, to pimp? Uh, I'm pimping up. All right. That's what I thought. Okay, everybody. Thanks for joining us. It was, uh, it was weird. I'll, I'll be honest. It was weird at this time. <laughs> it's weird doing it this late in the day. I kind of thought maybe it would boost uh, listenership, um, listener interaction, I mean. But a lot of our regulars must be busy. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean maybe we'll find a better time if something works better for people in the future because uh, the time or the day 
or the day. Uh, you know, Jesse picked both the time and the day. And he wasn't here. I'm going to say the movie. He he's going to be so in the movie. And he wasn't here. He's going to be so irritated when he hears this. Uh, I forced him into picking because he's the one with the, that's the thing. Jesse's the one with the tricky schedule. And so I was like, you pick, darn it. Pick, give us a time and a day. And uh, he picked to da- the time and the day. And as evidence of the fact that he does indeed have a tricky schedule, something came up and he had to go to work. So it's not his fault. Um, that said, maybe we just pick what works best for us. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but during, you know, the peak drive time might not be the best time to get you uh, listener interaction. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I kind of had the same thought. 5 p.m. I mean, it's 5 p.m. here, 5 to 6 here, uh, 6 on east in Eastern time, and like 3 in the afternoon Pacific. So I, I think maybe later in the day would be better, but we'll see. We'll see. You know what? We'll test it out. We'll we'll keep waiting. The... You just try and guess when we're going to have it, and, and we'll figure out which one we hit the most people with. Yeah. I don't have much of a life. I'm always down to fill in. Well, I like it, man. I enjoyed having you on here. We talked a little bit after the last, was it Friday you joined us for just a little bit? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and I was talking to you a little bit after that. Yeah, I like it. And you handle it well, man. You just you just slot right in like another co-host. It's great. Um, so I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks, Paul, for joining us, for filling in. This is really, like only the second time I've ever actually talked to you. You're a natural. I say when we're at conventions together, usually our schedules don't line up enough to meet up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm oh, conventions, man. So many people like <laughs> I'm, I'm just usually tunnel vision until like I see somebody that I know well enough. Be like, oh, I'm a t- tunnel over here. <laughs> All right. Tunnel over here. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Got some outro music coming up here. And uh, we'll be back next week, probably the same time of day, but we'll see. We'll see. We're going to go ahead and plan on. Why is this not playing? Oh, we'll play the intro again. Good job. I think I missed it, but bye, Alvin. Bye, Alvin. Uh, He says, I'm going to be busy, guys. Love the new logo. Peace. Thanks. Um, All right. I'll have to fix the music, intro, outro music situation, but all right. Once again, everybody, thanks. Uh, We've been Grog's podcast, except Paul. He's, he's, he's just a guest and he's great. He he does Moose's Marvelous Wood. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.